I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of Dan on Top. Today, we've got another great guest. He is not live in the studio, but he's somewhere else in the country. We'll talk about that in a minute. His name, Ted Shapiro. Cool dude. Loving talking to him. This is the first time I've ever seen him face-to-face because we always talk on WhatsApp or all these different types of cool technologies, which, by the way, Ted's going to talk to you a lot about a cool technology because he's the CEO of Dojo Home. Ted, how you doing? Good. How are you, sir? This is a pleasure and an honor. (laughs) Listen, the pleasure and honor is all mine, and I think by the time we're done with this, the pleasure and the honor is going to be the audiences, the viewers. So I'm doing great. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Before we get into what it is that you do and all those cool things, I want to know who you are. So, Ted, tell our audience, tell our viewers, who is Ted Shapiro? Sure. So I'm going to start just after college. Um, it's a little I mean, circuitous. I'm, I'm sure the best stories are like the pre, like before college. Right. We're, we're, we'll save those for later. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, just the circuitous route to real estate and then really prop tech. And I, and I thought before this this chat of, of, of the difference, and to me, there is a difference. And, and we'll talk about that in this discussion. But right after college, I, I was working in the healthcare industry for some large clinical labs, uh, selling uh, sales management. And for about eight years, it, it was a great career. What, what I did is I found myself in hospitals a lot of times, hospitals, nursing mm-hmm. homes, doctor's offices. And this was right around the time that, that Starbucks was exploding uh, in the U.S. So the American public was becoming conditioned to $4 cups of coffee. Um, and you know what I noticed, though, is in these hospitals, they actually did not have uh, the, the good coffee. They had the old, you probably don't even remember, you're probably too young to remember the old drip coffee, right? But there were still these huge lines. Hey, my mom uh, had a percolator, okay? Well, there you go. Exactly. So from, from, from that, I, I kind of segued into a, a, a business and uh, having coffee carts in hospitals in South Florida. We had about 15 of them and, and you know, life was good. Um, it was right around that time, around 2003, 2004, where I sold that business and it seemed like everybody I knew in Miami Beach, I was living in Miami Beach at the time, was mm-hmm. in real estate, was doing very well, right? So once I sold that business, I really wanted to get into the field. And I ended up working for a company called Crescent Heights. Not sure if you've ever okay. heard of them. Crescent they're the Heights. largest, Crescent Heights, right? Uh, Sunny Con, Russell Gal, but they're the largest condo converters in the country. They're absolutely you know, huge. And this project that I came on as the project manager for was called the Mirador. The Mirador was a three building 3000 unit condo conversion which happened right at the epicenter right at ground zero of what we know now is the bubble right we we didn't know it then it's just it's, it's like that it's, scene it's, in uh what's that movie that's in the big, big short, short. That's, a, that's exactly what i was going to say it's funny you said that's exactly what i was going to say because i recently saw that movie and that's it was not an exaggeration i mean we're talking about tenants getting 120 percent ltv loans no income, no doc, no nothing. And it was it was happening in life. Now, I was new to real estate, so I didn't mm-hmm. know better. But, you know, there was there was a lot of, you know, the old timers would say, well, I remember the, the you know, the bubble of the 80s in Miami. What, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, there's nobody too many remembers that. In play. Nobody remembers. And there's two. This is different. Right. So sort of shades of what's happening now because nobody can even see anything potentially happening. But that's a, a different thing at, at this in this project. So after they sold to the tenants, they actually then allowed friends and family, including employees to purchase a unit. So I remember it was, you know, I remember the unit. I remember I, how much I paid and I made $50,000 within a few weeks. And, and needless to say, I was hooked at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. was the, the, it felt like at the time, the easiest, quickest money I had made in my career. And Isn't I, it you know, great feeling? It, it was unbelievable. So I did it once and then 
And I even remember the unit. I'm not going to get into that. But then I also then they allowed us to do another one, and I did another one. Um, and, and then I was completely hooked. And, and then, you know, from that experience, I connected with some pretty wealthy individuals, deep-pocketed investors. And what I started doing then, and again, this is back, we're talking about 2004, 5, and 6, was going to the courthouse steps, buying notes, mm-hmm. uh, buying mm-hmm. distressed properties, looking for that 65 to 70 cents on the dollar kind of deal. And it was a mixed strategy. We held some, we, you know, got rid of some. But whatever we did, we knew that the banks were there ready to give us money for the refi, ready mm-hmm. to give those good appraisals. It was just all, all flowing, you know, until it wasn't, right? And it almost felt like, I mean, the, the we had done at the end there, we, we acquired a 12-unit multifamily that we were going to renovate. And I remember, I think it was February of 2008, there was 10 banks we could have gone to. Already by about May, there was about one or two that we could go to. It, it dried up that significantly. Um, so that's sort of my real estate piece. Then there's the technology piece. Uh, as, a, as a family, we moved to Israel in 2009. Um, you know, and, and I joke, I say I made the mistake of taking my wife there in 2005, and she just sort of obsessed about moving there ever since. Um, and in two, the first couple of years that I was in Israel, I was traveling back and forth uh, for the properties that I still had as we were disposing of some, stabilizing others. But then by around 2012, I was living in Israel looking around the scene there and it was all about technology right even then and it's just exponentially grown um so i don't know if you, you or your members or your, your your audience has heard of a book called the startup nation i definitely recommend oh my it gosh because, one of the best books i've ever read that's so funny yeah it, right better, exactly. better so, place and and shy agassi and all that good stuff that is a great exactly book. It's, it's a great book shy that was an interesting story better place actually was maybe a little ahead of its time but you know that you know so that, that technology that could, makes way more sense than what we're doing with evs it, it does. It does. The timeshare battery does. technology, yeah. man. It, it, it does. And I think you can, you know, there's a whole sort of probably podcast just on, on Chai Agassi in totally. Better Place. We should get but him that, on but, Dan on top, by the way. We will. We, we, That's my see man. See if I can help you. That's so, my man. So, I, so you can imagine, you know that book. I'm reading that book and he talks about 8200 a lot, right? That, that unit. It's, it's the Israeli version of the NSA, 8200. It's almost like this mythical unit. So the first company I worked for in Israel is a company called Mintigo, which was later acquired by a company called Anaplan. Now, Mintigo, the CEO was uh, a lieutenant from 8200. The CTO came from 8200. Basically, the entire company was 8200. And, and so I told you how I got hooked on real estate right back in 2004. Here's where I get hooked on technology, right? And this is back in 2012. And then, you know, I was at Mintigo for about four years. And then I had a series of different leadership roles in different technology companies in Israel, like mm-hmm. Feedvisor and DataRails, et cetera. So, you know, that's sort of a roundabout way of saying, you know, about two years ago when Joseph, who you know, my partner, approached me yeah. uh, with, you know, we need to do something in real estate technology. He wasn't really sure what, and I wasn't sure what, you know, it, it really, and he knew, knowing me, it was a marriage of those two passions, right? My passion for real estate as well as the, my passion for technology. And we spent, you know, a good several months just researching it. And for me, in those intervening 11 years, I mean, a lot had changed, right? PropTech wasn't even a thing back in 2009 or 2010. And now all of a sudden, every single piece of the pie is being disrupted. And that's what excited me. So let sure. me ask you something, because first of all, I swear to, I swear we're probably related because your story is like exactly like mine. Probably not as cool, but um, it's it's a it's it's a great story. Same, I mean, 
It's very similar background. I'm super into prop tech, and I'm I've been working for years on on a lot of different prop tech stuff for the broker, right, and mm-hmm. for the investor. And I, as soon as we connected, you know, it's connected with your partner, connected with you. I was just like, this is these are guys I want to chat with. And you and I will talk a little bit offline or a lot offline because I think the stuff that we're going to talk about is pretty high level. Um, but I, what I really want to know is where's prop tech headed as it pertains to the commercial real estate, residential real estate markets, and the brokerage or investment, uh, you know, purview from that perspective. Well, you know, it's so interesting. We we just said we're having conversations around, you know, the, the Compass IPO, um, and and then a lot of sort of, uh, you know, are are they are they just a brokerage? Oh, right? EXP or are they a is a good company? example right. too. Right. Yeah, and you have a lot of this, and I mean, you could even go as far back as WeWork, right? I mean, you know, Regis preceded WeWork, right? But yet. WeWork's uh, valuation was always a multiple of fifteen to twenty x that of Regis, right? Because when you know when you when you layer in the technology first, and when your DNA is technology first, I believe you then have the freedom to do some kind of older world offline things. But as long as that's your DNA, the valuations are going to follow, and you really see that in real estate because there's a limit to how digital we can become. It's still a physical space. Do you, do you space, think there's right? a limit? I mean, I'm looking at some of these Apple cities and some of these NFT cities. They're literally building cities that are basically augmented reality, as if there's not enough real estate on this planet, so we're going to create more right. real estate on others. I mean, I don't know that there's a limit. There, there, There is no limit. And that that's really, you know, was when I started at Mintigo, that was my first thought because the, I, I just, I had an insider's glimpse into what big data can do yeah. what uh, algorithmic power, what machine learning can do in NLP. And I, and I realized that real estate back then was what such What was the last one you said, NLP? Yeah, just, you know, just Neuro linguistic programming? What, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, yeah okay, through, just through wanted computer, to define it for through, our audience. Yeah, yeah. And and so, so you know, essentially, that was really the point that I realized that, that real estate, you know, can be completely overturned. What happened, you know, in the intervening several years is that it actually it actually happened. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's almost like a psychedelic experience. Meaning, the the change. I remember when I first recognized what prop tech could do for my business, and then and then later on, years later, when I recognized that what the future of real estate is going to be, it was it was literally like a psychedelic experience. You know, it's like it's like your reality is is like this, and then all of a sudden, it's not just like this. It's like, boom! It's opened up. And I think for a lot of people, I mean, unfortunately, it's still a few number of people, but those people, for a lot of those people, it's it's such a um, a pivot point, right? When they recognize just how big things are getting and just how much bigger they're going to get. So, you know, a guy like you, I love connecting with because you're full of, of not only a similar background, but you have that mindset. You're full of that knowledge and, and you're, you're willing to think outside of the box. And I think that's what allowed you to have those you know interactions and allowed you to be open-minded and, and decide that, boom, my box was like this. Now my box is like, that. Ah, it's huge, right? So right. huge box. So anyway, um, that's awesome, and and I appreciate your perspective. Unfortunately, we have a very short show. I'm going to definitely have right. to have you back on because this is incredibly valuable to our audience, to me, to everybody. Do you want to close with maybe maybe one piece of wisdom or or just some something to leave people with a nugget, tease them a little bit, you know, and let them know what you think they should be open to and open to looking at. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I would say if, if I'll say very quickly three things, right? Because I know okay. you have you end with the three things. Number one is do what you're passionate about um, above all else, right? I'm not in real estate anymore. I'm in prop tech. And, you know, my wife would 
probably rather me be in real estate because that's really the quickest way to wealth in America, right? PropTech involves product and building building a company, which is a different deal. But I'm passionate about it because we're, we're helping people get on the homeownership ladder. The other thing is be around people you like. Always make sure you work with yeah. those who you love. That's probably the most important thing. And then also, you know, at, at the end of the day, have a sense of humor and, and don't take yourself so seriously. I mean, that's probably, you know, you, you definitely live by that just from the little that I've, I've gotten to know you. And, and I think that's probably one of the most important things as well. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, I, I just I love NRM Streamcast, first of all, because they're whispering in my ear. They're like, this guest is so valuable. Let's just like make the show a little longer. So thank you, NRM. We're going to make it a little bit longer. OK, so I, I love what you're saying. No question about it. And that's not me being funny. That's me being serious. Um, and, and I'm not usually that serious because like you said, it's important to have fun. So number one, right. Do what you're passionate about. Clearly you're passionate about real estate, but you're also passionate about prop tech. And that seemed to be a pivot point in your career. So everybody watching this, if you're passionate about something, just do it. Like life is too long to not do what you're passionate about. Number two, be around people that you like. And you even said people you love. And that is so, so important. Is, My do team, we have a couple minutes? Do we have a couple minutes? We got a couple minutes, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. Good. So, 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 you know, my, my partner is a great example. I mean, and, you know, especially the people that you're closest to and, and work with on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I mean, there, there almost has to be a level of love because, the, you know, the, this is this is somebody that has your back. You have his back. And as you bring in other folks that you're going to be around, this is this is who you're spending the majority of your day with. And I, I know these are obvious things, but it's it's almost like I would choose number two over number one. It's that important, right? Mm-hmm. I would shovel shit with people that I enjoy being around <laughs> rather than dealing in diamonds of people that I can't stand. And that's really important. But the, the number the number three thing is also, I, I, it's really the longer version is take a cosmic view of what's happening. So in yes. Silicon Valley or, or, Techno- or Tel Aviv today in the technology, they'll say, well, we've created a widget for marketing automation and we're changing the world. Everybody thinks they're Steve Jobs, right? It's like, Gandhi changed the world, right? Martin Luther King changed the world, right? If you add a widget or you cre- create a little faster tech piece of technology, you're not changing the world. And that's what I think. Now, what Dojo Home does, we change people's lives one by one. But but even us, right? Even what us were passionate about our mission, we have to realize that, you know, we have to get a cosmic sense of, of uh, balance in all of this, right? That, that we are doing our best to... A, be profitable, B, help folks. But, you know, at the end of the day, there, there's there's probably other more important things happening in the world uh, that we have to be cognizant of. Yeah, and I know. I think you, you mentioned a really good point there about, you know, creating a widget, creating a system, you know, bringing out a new technology. And, and I, I would argue it is impactful. What I would say, though, is that when you change your perspective, when you have that, so to speak, psychedelic experience, that's when you can really change the, the entire universe, I believe, right? Because it's all about right. the intention. And if you want to look sure. at it from a physical perspective about, you know, the, the external reality, when you have that type of inner shift, you know, you can see things and say, okay, this is great. Um, we sell residential homes by having an agent drive all over the place and put up a sign and come over and then they go to the house and then they, they do a showing and then they run to the closing and they do this and they do that. Or you can say, you know what, this is ridiculous. Let's build a right. showing time app, right? Let's make it so that right. the, the agents never see each other, buyer and seller never see each other. The brokers never talk really. I mean, they talk a little bit to each other, hopefully. But everything right. is done with an app. You can select if you want the showing notification to go to the client, go to you. And then everything's done remotely. And you have a technology that leverages the most important resource, and that's the human, right? The technology is designed to leverage the human and not, not the other way around, right? So when you do that, 
that's when you can have a huge impact on the world. I mean, look at things like like eBay. Look at things like Amazon. I mean, I'm a former Amazon business development executive. Look at how that changed the retail world forever. And there's going to be next other iterations, you know, augmented reality, sure. different types of experiential retail, et cetera, et cetera. But when you yep. make that type of paradigm, right, maybe you're doing, you know, lease options and you're using a, 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 a digital platform. Maybe you're streaming. Like the fact that we have this show. Ten years sure. ago, a broker like me would never have a show, Right. But you know, and and what's going to be a year from now, ten months from now, we don't know. But the most important thing, viewers, is to keep your mind open. The most important thing is, like you said, to be around people that you love, that you trust, and that you like, and to have fun, to do what you're passionate about, and to connect with great people. Tide, we don't really know each other great yet, but I, I I venture to say we're going to know each other great, and hopefully one day we'll love each other because I love your bromance, bro. But what I want to <laughs> say is that. You've added a lot of value, and I would urge anybody who wants more information, first of all, you can always reach out to me, danontop.com. Ask your questions. Let me know how I can help. Reach out to Ted, too. Ted, I really appreciate it. We've got Ted Shapiro, CEO of Dojo Home here on Dan on Top. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk soon. You got it. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs>